welcome to the Extraordinary Ordinary You podcast. My name's Frankie, and this is the podcast from a 3,000 kilometre cycle journey around the UK, where I spoke to women and non-binary folk older than myself about their adventurous lives. This is season three, where I pedal through the lakes, up to Glasgow, and across to Edinburgh. This is episode four, where I chat to the incredible Sarah Gerrish from Wonderful Wild Women. Whilst I was in the lakes, me and Sarah parked up overnight in our vans and had a bit of a camp out where this interview was recorded. We are recording it in a van, so there might be some background noise, but I hope it doesn't deter from Sarah's incredible stories. It's the 12th of September, it's day 29 of the trip, I'm just outside Kendall, and I'm with Sarah Garrish! (laughs) (laughs) To start with, can I ask how old you are? I am 35, I always forget. (laughs) Got to that age where I'm like, "Um." (laughs) count back, but yeah, 35. Awesome. And for people that don't know you, don't know who you are, what you do, can you just give me a snapshot overview? Yeah. Uh, so I go by many labels. So I'm a mum. I'm recently uh, an architect um, qualified. I, and I also um, manage the Wonderful Wild Women group community, um, which is online and uh, a community that's based here in the Lake District that get out and do things in the outdoors together. Awesome. That's pretty much a nutshell. <laughs> I want to jump into you being an architect and you being a mum, but I'm going to go to that outdoor stuff and then yeah. come back to those two. So okay. to start with, can you tell me more about the wonderful Wild Women? Yeah. It was a community that I accidentally set up four and a half years ago now. And I say accidentally because it was it was more a personal healing thing for me, I think, after going being in a bit of a... Uh, a dark phase of of life having returned to uni and just that sort of trying to find a balance between working and playing and then everything else that kind of gets chucked in the middle of all that as well uh so yeah it just started as a sort of an instagram account um about sort of trying to see find women doing things in the outdoors and something to aspire to and something for me to kind of have a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for when i was in the summer holidays and not studying anymore and a bit more free time but it kind of was quite popular quite quickly and and once there was kind of a, a good sort of online following decided to try and do something a bit more meaningful with it in sort of real life and try and help women locally make connections and, and meets uh, not necessarily just locally but um, but yeah around the Lake District sort of get together for walks initially and just yeah enable friendships and relationships and networking to happen so that people have that sort of network to, to go and do their own things together and it's just kind of gradually built over the years and organically grown and gone in different directions and so. that's awesome that's so interesting I had no idea that it started with the Instagram page first. yeah yeah and that's so interesting because for <clears throat> me I really feel a sense of community to the Instagram page like I don't necessarily do to other Instagram pages oh, okay and I don't know what it is about it but even when I'm like nowhere near the lakes nowhere near the actual meetups I still feel like a connection to it yeah oh that's nice what sort of of meetups do you do um so we uh it started with monthly walks and that was about six months after starting the Instagram and that was sort of that forms the the foundation really to 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 everything that we sort of do because it's quite inclusive with walking and try and vary where we go and what sort of walks they are so that um, uh, most people hopefully can feel like they can kind of get involved we then have I did my running leadership for fitness course with England Athletics so it meant I could uh, I can take groups out we do little sort of social runs as well so that that sort of added on because running is one of my main sort of outdoor loves um, and uh, and then yeah more recently we've kind of been collaborating with uh, local instructors and guides and stuff like that to do. Uh, for example, we've had a at the start of the year we did a 
beginners um, indoor climbing course, uh, which then sort of progressed on so um, to sort of uh, improvers. And, and then over the summer, uh, Paul from Rock and Run Guide and was able to take some of the women out outside. So that's been really nice. Yeah, and then sort of some of the women that well, well, I've got I've got people that sort of help out now um, with different aspects, um, and they're kind of setting up their own things on the side as well. And um, it's quite nice to sort of feed them back in. So Vicky's, she's a free freelance outdoor ed instructor, and she's got loads of like experience with um, working in schools and with like kids that don't necessarily, they're not always able through their living. Um, family circumstances to be able to get into the outdoors so things so she's yeah basically set up on her own um and so she's doing walks and things and kind of feeding them back in and Gilly's working with um a swimming instructor and local therapist to do uh blue mind swim so it's a monthly swim for people who are maybe needing an alternative way to improve their mental well-being uh, and then Lauren's got her coaching try coaching going on and so she yeah so they're all organizing their own little things as well that, that can sort of feed back into the community and it's really that's really nice for me to have that help but then also be helping them at the same time it's like a mutual kind of yeah it like goes around in a circle yeah. but everyone just like like yeah. an upward spiral yeah yeah and then it yeah just provides a bit more opportunity and a bit of diversity for other people in the community that want to get involved as well so. That's so cool. And has the outdoors always been a part of your life? No, no, absolutely not. Um, so I, I, I grew up doing like, I was always sporty and I've always enjoyed sport, but my family weren't an outdoorsy family at all. And uh, still, on the most part, aren't really. Uh, over the past few months, I've got my stepdad and my mum swimming in lakes, which has been really cool. Um, and my stepdad started cycling over lockdown, which is nice as well. But no, I didn't, and it wasn't something... So Ben's family, my husband's family, are very outdoorsy, and when we got together, that was kind of when it... A bit of a shift for me, but I'd, I'd always... I remember being at uni and wanting to go to the climbing wall, but thinking that it was, like, just this really expensive thing to do and you needed to have all the kit and all this kind of stuff, and I just never just never did, never did, went. There's quite a lot of things in Edinburgh now that I'm quite embarrassed to say I've not yet done, which I've based in the outdoors and like just quite accessible outdoor things and yeah so when we we got together I kind of started climbing we started climbing together and then after having Molly uh, which was 11 years ago as I just started running before I found out I was pregnant so that quickly stopped and um no, no real reason that I've just didn't it was an excuse not to, not to do it anymore. Um, and when I had her, I then started... Uh, my mother-in-law had done a triathlon like eight weeks after I had Molly and I was like, I'm going to do this with you next year. And then that was it. It sort of, sort of spiralled from there. Did the, got into the triathlon training. Uh, it wasn't like... It was a sprint triathlon. It was one called Diva Divas. So it was, it was for women. It was a women-only triathlon. Sprint distance, so they're all they're quite short distances really uh, it's over within a couple of hours but it was just yeah really accessible really friendly uh and then I kind of gradually built on stuff from there really and everything's got I've started running more and it and cycling and riding more and it, it just all kind of got a bit wilder if that makes sense it started all on road and and in the swimming pool and then it yeah gradually became lakes fells and mountain biking and stuff so amazing yeah, and we moved back here as well in between all of that so Ben started mountain biking and it was like a I want a bit of that what you you know I want to go these places you're talking about and yeah sort of trying testing the water a bit and seeing seeing where I could get to and what sort of advice would you give to someone else that wanted to get into um, running or into swimming or into mountain biking I always sort of say to people like don't be scared to, to be the beginner and like don't be afraid to be that asking those questions like everyone's been there at some point and gone I want to try that but what on earth do I do how you know what there's you know it's quite intimidating actually it's I find that um I remember turning up to the running club I run with now and my first week that I went I was early because I didn't want to be late because then I, I didn't know what I just didn't know what the setup would be so I arrived early or what I thought was actually on time but it turns out it's early and uh I was kind of stood there and everyone had their groups of friends and I was just kind of 
stood there and uh, thought, I'm just going to go. Like, I, I'm petrified. I'm, I'm out of my depth and I'm just going to leave. And uh, and I thought, no, if I do that now, I'm never coming back. I, won't just, I just won't have the confidence to kind of come back again. Unfortunately, someone that I was at Tri Club with, uh, I swam with, at the pool she turned up so she was instantly like oh Sarah hi like and she kind of showed me where to go and what to do and I um, I think if it hadn't been for her I'd have just still been a bit petrified <laughs> it but, can be so scary though can't it yeah. like, like I really resonated when you were talking about the climbing wall like I can remember learning to climb in France and then coming back to the UK and really wanting to go climbing yeah. like really really wanting to go climbing and go to the climbing wall but I didn't know anyone else that did it and I was so afraid to go alone. Yeah. Because I didn't... I learned to climb outdoors, so then I didn't really understand how indoor climbing walls worked. Yeah, okay. And I didn't really understand how bouldering worked. And I was just petrified <laughs> of going in. And eventually I did, and it was the best thing I did. Yeah. Because I realised that it's not as bad from the inside no. as it looks from the outside. Yeah, yeah. But just absolutely petrified <laughs> I remember um get uh, so then obviously he knew how to climb he'd climbed from when he was little so he quite quickly got his membership but of course you have to show that you're competent at belaying and um and you know how to tie a figure of it and all this stuff and so he'd been signing me in for like quite a few weeks and it got to the point he's like right come on like let's do your test thing and they'll give you your your card and and you remember then and um no joke, I was I actually, he, the guy asked me a question and I just blank, my mind went blank and I was like in tears. I, I just went, I was just like, it's fine, I'll do it next week. And then I turned around and just started crying and it was just. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so ridiculous because it was in there, it was just under that, in that minute. Yeah. Like the fear of a test. <laughs> yeah. Because I've, like, travelled a little bit around the country for work, I've yeah. done that test in, like, oh, okay. so many different climbing gyms. Yeah. I've probably done it about 20 times. <laughs> Even the 20th time, I'm still afraid of getting something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like... Uh, that, that. They're awful. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice that everyone feels the same. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and how do you find, like, getting outdoors and getting the time to be outdoors and being a parent? Uh, it's been... Well, we've had quite a long time to figure it out. I think it's not always... We've got a good balance going now, but it's not always been that way. So, I mean, the early years, um, Molly was quite reliant on me. Uh, I, I breastfed till she was 15 months. So, th yeah, there was a lot... that I needed to be there at certain times in the day and, and whatnot. And, yeah, so the, the, when, especially when we moved back here, it was... Uh, I didn't really do anything. I wasn't really. I was doing a bit of tri triathlon training, but it was quite specific time, so it can kind of fit in reasonably well. But then, obviously, going out into the fells, fell running, and um, and things like that, it kind of there can be whole day outings. And so yeah, there's been a bit of a, a, a juggling and balancing. Um, I tend to try and get up early and get out so that I can get back early-ish and it's a lot of tag team and passing at the door but fortunately Ben's really like understanding and he you know he gets that now that I need to go and do these things and equally he needs to do it so yeah we there's a lot of yeah just kind of going right what are you doing this weekend and, and working in and I try and fit, fit a lot of my stuff in in the week yeah just so then everyone gets their own like their own fair share of, of playing time. time yeah yeah it's uh, not always easy and there's definitely like periods where you kind of envy to some extent the friends that don't have children but then obviously there's so much more reward in other ways so it's just this formal thing isn't it you don't want to you're like oh they're off doing that and I want to be out there doing it but grass is always green yeah yeah and 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 then Ben has to say something he's like yeah but you know last week you did this and I'm like oh yeah yeah no I did it's okay <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and do you go out together? <laughs> well, uh, we do. Yeah, I mean, we do. Um, we we a lot of our holidays are based around being in the van and going places in the van, and uh, we tend to um, mountain bike um, if we do do stuff because Ben and Molly both refuse to walk anywhere. Um, <laughs> Molly has a massive like love of water, so that's great because uh, we can we can do things based around water and swimming and uh, paddleboarding and stuff. And um, yeah, we we try and um, 
we yeah really struggle actually to do anything that's not based around outdoor activity it doesn't help that we're quite stingy so we won't be to go anywhere so yeah it's all yeah uh yeah climbing just swimming running Riding. That's amazing, though. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, just making it a bit of a lifestyle, really, and just yeah. Yeah. And how long have you had the van for? Oh, good question. The um, van that we are recording in right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've had this one about a year. It's getting there with with its conversion. It was just a shell. Um, but we've had three or four vans before this, so we've kind of gradually built up in size. Um. Uh. Yeah. So it's pretty much since been um, actually before we even moved back here so the past eight years i think we've had a van yeah i think we'd be a bit lost without one now uh we did have a short period where we didn't have one and it was like yeah no this isn't gonna work <laughs> we need to we need something so yeah <laughs> awesome and i want to go right back to the start where you said that you'd recently qualified as an architect yeah so have you retrained then yeah so uh well to some extent so i was when I finished school, it was one of those situations where you, like, I wanted to do something creative, but I didn't really quite know what. And I applied for lots of different courses, went to uni for interviews and stuff. And um, it was through an interview process. I was like, no, I, I ended up doing interior architecture. And so I was based up in Edinburgh for five years and me and Ben re-met in that time. And then um, quickly... <laughs> quickly surprisingly fell pregnant and it was during the recession so it was um I got a new job in Leeds and we decided to move there and then that job fell through and at the same time I found out I was pregnant and so I was kind of new place no job fortunately my old job let me work freelance for them for a bit and then I went on maternity leave and it was kind of through that process I thought I need to do something else here and I need to and I'd always well, not always, but I'd, for a long time I thought about doing architecture and, and the, the, the ironically, the, the length of the course put me off. And if you do it straight from like the quickest way possible at seven years, it took me about 16, I think, in the end, or something ridiculous, or 11 or whatever. Uh, yeah, so after having Molly and after a year after, when I was sort of looking to probably having to go back to work, I was like, right, I'm going to go back to uni instead and just started again really from there um i got to like skip first year because i already had a degree so they let me off with one year yeah and that was that i sort of went on that path uh which was i don't know how it's <laughs> sleep deprived like blur of craziness but <laughs> yeah i imagine being a parent to a young child yeah. and doing everything else that you were doing yeah i had to yeah i still had to work because child like to yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was just a bit of a crazy time, but good fun. <laughs> I'm definitely like having more free time now than after. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing is when you're so super busy, yeah. Then when you come back to being like normal person busy, it feels like you've got loads of free yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and actually, to be fair, at that point, I didn't really do a lot of hobbies. I I I would run a bit. I think that was pretty much, and that's how. I, and yeah, that running was really easy because. Well, like in terms of time management and stuff not necessarily easy to to do but yeah I could just shove my trainers on and go for half an hour and it didn't take up much time uh other stuff tends to assign well if you go swimming you got to get there you got to there's all the changing faffing around and the swimming and then you kind of come back but um running fit in quite nicely to to life I always found that as well. So I'd be like, and you can make it whatever time you've got. Yeah. So if you've only got 15 minutes, you can still go for the fastest. Like, you can go for like <laughs> yeah. fast and quick and yeah. get it out that way. Yeah. If you've got 20 minutes, you can do it more. If you've got an hour, if you've got a whole day, like you can yeah. make it take up yeah. the time yeah. you've got. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a bit of a, an appeal. <laughs> and there's no other equipment as well. I, I, I quite like just being me and my, like, just me and... Don't need anything else. No, yeah, yeah. And I don't normally ask people about things that they don't bring up in the interview because okay. I can't look people up. Like, I can't look everyone up. So I don't normally ask people questions about things outside. But I am going to ask you about the running <laughs> challenge you've done because okay. I don't think you're going to mention it otherwise. Um, can you tell us about what you did over lockdown? Just yeah. after lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, heading into lockdown... I'd sort of been gearing up to do 
the Bob Graham round, which is, um, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a big, well, it's 66 miles around the Lake District Fells with quite a lot of summits and quite a lot of elevation. And it's it's one of those sort of things that a lot of fell runners aspire to do in under 24 hours. I had quite a big year last year for uh, doing different things. And uh, I thought, right, 2020, that's going to be the year. I've got all this sort of experience and backlog of training. Let's put it to good use. And uh, of course, March comes and everyone's like stuck within, I don't know, a short pizza. 500 metres yeah. of the house or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I live on the coast, so uh, there's not many hills. So a lot of my running was trails and undulating and not any massive big Lake District fell. So, and then as well, the Bob Graham um, powers that be weren't accepting any attempts um during lockdown and social distancing and stuff which was completely fair enough yeah so uh, a family friend i didn't I, well i didn't know about it but he, he sort of launched this round called the bay limestone round and it basically is 55 miles around the more around markham bay and so it literally starts about a mile from my house and it finishes in ironside which um is only about a 10 minute train ride from my house so and it was all it's all trails well not all trails but it was mostly trails that I knew like I know I knew half of it yeah so I kind of decided that maybe I would sort of set my sights on giving that a go Uh, and at the time not many people had done it so and the women's record or fastest known time was at that point when I decided I was going to go for it was quite it felt achievable that I would that would run it faster then the day two or two days before uh, a lady came along and completely knocked off about two hours or something and I just thought oh brilliant and I'd been aim. I thought if I run it about a 12 12 hour schedule um, I'd be quite happy with that and she did it in like just under 11 and a half hours and I was like ah crap <laughs> if I'm gonna I, I, if I'm gonna like go for it then uh, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna to have to get a bit of a shuffle on and, and put in a good day yeah but actually it turned out I had a the weather was great um really good conditions and um I just I try and set out with an intention to just to enjoy it I've done stuff like long distance things or stuff triathlons or whatever in the past and the minute I'm not enjoying it it just turns into a really horrendous day um so it was like right just first priority is enjoy it I had lot like people like lined up to support me you know everyone was like dead excited because it was like we'd been months of like running with nobody else and yeah a bit of a buzz there and then uh had a tracker so people could pop out on the way around and and just join in which was amazing that was like that was just so exciting so the the guy who I think he's still the current overall like sort of leader he just randomly popped out the woods and was like, oh, are you Sarah? And it's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, I'm just going to come and run with you for a bit if that's all right. And I was like, cool. And then bit, some bits that I thought I might end up having to do on my own, he was still there. And um, and then a friend that uh, I run with at Running Club, and she just kind of turned up for a little bit. And, it, yeah, it was just, just really nice and fun and just had a really good day. And then the, the last six miles were quite hard because I was getting into sort of new um, territory in terms of distance so I, the, the longest thing I'd done up until that point was 50 miles um, and there's the other side of the estuary is quite kind of tricky there's a lot of little sort of woodland footpaths and that dog walkers use and so there's just like millions going off in all directions and it's um, so I was a little bit nervous even though I had wrecked it and um, I think all of that sort of plays on your mind and then uh yeah, when I realised that actually I could get the record, it was like my um, support runner runners, uh, uh, Lauren and Bianca, were like, right, come on. And um, they just kind of kept me going, kept me running, and I had a, actually ran off Ironside Knot, which is the last summit. And I wasn't expecting to still be running at that point, so I just felt really good all day. Everything kind of just came together, and it was just a really good day. <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. and it's so cool that it's like the first time that you'd done like that distance yeah yeah I mean I only knocked about six minutes off it but it's still still the fastest time so (laughs) um I don't know for how long but uh, I think it's going to be quite a popular round because it's a great route and it just played to the strengths of what I'd been doing over lockdown really uh 
I've had to put the Bob Graham sites, like set that back another year, but that's fine. I'm in no rush. So. And yeah. um, when you're getting ready for something like that, what sort of training do you do? Um, <laughs> just just um, go for a couple of fun runs every now and again. No, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I've with some of the triathlons I've done in the past and when I first started out, I was really rigorous with the training plan and it was like I had to follow this plan. Um, and I'm quite like that. It's like if I'm doing something, I'm doing it and that's the way I'm doing it if I've decided how I'm doing it. That sense. But I can find I get a little bit too tied up in that and if I don't do that specific thing on that day at however I'm going to do it I can be a bit mean to myself so um, I feel like I've kind of got to the point now where I've built up a really like a decent base fitness uh, and as I said like last year I did quite a lot of things so I was doing this um, a challenge a month to like fundraiser and each challenge became the training for the next one. So I wasn't doing much in between them, but yeah, and I, f- I feel like that's just, that kind of just helped as well, um, especially for like this year. If it's a running thing, which tends to be the most, like the thing that like racing I do most, um, yeah, it's just kind of a train with the club um, and then I'll try and fit in a long run. Um, I'm trying just hit a certain number of miles each week, really. So I'm not too, I'm not the best with nutrition. I'm not like, I'm not too obsessed now with, with certain training plans. I just kind of go with how I feel, really. If I'm feeling good, I'll go and do some a decent running session of some sort. If I'm knackered, I'll take it steady or just not do anything. That's yeah. awesome. And I think that's so cool to talk about as well because I feel like the people that tend to talk about training plans are the ones that are following it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And people that either like half follow it or don't really follow it at all. Because yeah. they're not following it, you don't talk about it. So yeah, then sometimes yeah. I feel like people might think that you, you know, you have to have one and you have to yeah, follow it. Yeah, yeah. It totally depends on... I mean, if, if I was... If I decided next week that I was going to go and do an Ironman or something, you know, obviously I would need to to some extent do some kind of training especially like swimming and like the things that I don't do day to day normally anyway but I think it's not for me personally it's not good to follow that kind of thing all the time because I just get a bit too obsessed with it Um, and that's not really good for me but everyone works differently don't they as well so some people really thrive off of off of the numbers and off of all that data that you can kind of accumulate with, with stuff. I found it both ways like when I was running I found that like if I didn't have set things to go to and set things to do yeah. like I just wouldn't get off the sofa yeah yeah but then when I did I loved it yeah and then I loved having the fitness to be able to then go for like fun runs yeah but if I didn't have like places to be yeah just wouldn't get there yeah don't get me wrong over lockdown a couple of weeks i spent strava trying to get all the pbs on all the strava segments <laughs> around my house i was like right i've done that trail i've been here i've i know all these runs now what can i do now i know <laughs> i'm gonna try and get all these crowns did you get them? um i think i got a few and then uh, then I think someone got them back. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't get into competition. Ca- no, it caught my attention for a brief period, and then some. I, and then actually, I think I might have done the bit limestone round, and then I was just knackered. So, <laughs> and the running motivation's been a bit, a bit lacking since then. But yeah. need a bit of rest. Yeah, some carbs. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but quiet though. Um, have you always had like a clear path or a clear sense of direction? Yeah, I think to a certain extent. Yes, in terms of you know, I, 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 you know, school, education wise and um and career wise, I guess, as much as I sort of retrained and did a bit of a, uh, I do like to have some sort of plan and sort of aiming towards something, but I think I've learned quite quickly that that isn't there's always going to be a spanner kind of thrown in the work somewhere and. Yeah, just having to adapt and change things and stuff is quite important as well. So rather than being sort of stick stuck on one f- sort of focus and goal, yeah, be prepared to. Um, it allows you to change your mind as well. You might be on a path and then go, actually, this isn't not this isn't what I want to do. Um, yeah, and do something else. <laughs> and how do you think your journey has shaped who you are now? quite a big question yeah uh yeah well I I had a um quite a big health issue when I was younger 
which uh, so I had um, I had cancer, um, and that was when I was sort of really in the middle of school and exams and coming up and all that kind of stuff. And I think reflecting on that, having gone through that, it made me much more. Uh, I wanted more experience rather than material things, so I just sort of ended up. There, there was a, a long period of like, who am I, and like uh, feeling like war is me, kind of thing, like feeling, uh, yeah, and teenage angst and working through all of that, which I, I, I think having come out the other side of all of it, um, yeah. So there was a period where you know I was still figuring that out. So it wasn't like a light switch. I've, this has happened, and now. I just want to go and travel the world and um I you know I don't want to I'm not going to buy things and like there it wasn't like as quick as that I was kind of yeah working all that out now but I think yeah now getting to the age I am now <laughs> um I appreciate meeting people and doing things and just having sharing memories and creating memories together I, I feel like I've I like well. I like to think I've got quite a lot of empathy for an understanding for people's situations. So I, I feel like I'm yeah, just a bit a bit more open really to. Um, I try not to take things personally. So someone's reaction to something that might feel like it's aimed at me, I'm like, well, it's just a reaction to whatever's going on with their life, and um, yeah. But I'm not quite sure how I got to that. I mean, no, that was an incredible answer. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um yeah I think I think just yeah just from you know times when I felt alone or yeah just trying to tap into understanding that with other people and being responsive and yeah I ask this question this next question because sometimes in life I feel a little bit like I might be going against the grain you know like living in a van and working freelance and prioritizing the direction doing all these things is that something you've ever felt? Have you ever felt like you're going against the grain? No, I feel like I followed quite a conventional path for most of my life. There's been like gradual changes, I guess. And I guess the going against the grain bit kind of came quite late for me. Um, actually, I feel maybe more feel like I'm going against the grain now than I did sort of in my younger years. But at the same time, I'm meeting so many similar people and so many, so many conventional, if for want of a better phrase, conventional people. So they're still out there on, you know, they're they're wanting to get involved with what might be considered more unconventional. It's really nice. I feel like particularly women at the moment are there's a real shift in in what's expected and what they what what they want to do and them going out and getting it and doing it and stuff and it's really nice and with the wild women community it's just really i feel like i'm a big part of that um and i get to see that all happening around like through whether it's yeah instagram and just seeing a picture of someone doing something and then like this joy on their face that's lovely um through to you know a woman coming out who's actually someone's coming out next week and she's walked her whole you know she's she goes walking but it's, it's been with her husband for the last 20 years and it's the first walk that she's coming out on without her husband and she's coming mm. out to meet some of the people and yeah it's nice to kind of be part of that so yeah I think that's that's amazing and yeah. it's really interesting because there have been so many different answers to that question right and one of the ones that really struck like stuck with me was that if you feel like you're going against the grain you need to find a new forest oh uh, okay and I love yeah, that I love, so yeah. then maybe that's what you're saying is that like yeah you've got that forest yeah like... yeah <laughs> yeah I like that yeah and a, a, yeah and a big part of like starting the wild women um wonderful women it was about finding like I wanted to I did want to sort of get out and do the things that I was hearing about from other people but I didn't have the people to do it with so I was yeah trying to find that find that forest <laughs> I might use that more <laughs> gonna write that down yeah yeah what's one thing that you know about yourself now that you wish you'd known sooner I guess that 
I can go against the grain. There's no, there's n nothing wrong with going against the grain. And also, I think I've, I'm capable of more than maybe I thought I was. Like more, more so as a teenager, maybe like yeah, just that, yeah, just you can go against the grain, and and life goes on, and you you find amazing people and experiences. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. I almost asked you this question earlier because we almost started talking about it, but then I was like, no, I'm just going to save it and like ask in its place because otherwise I'll get confused. But I felt like my 20s has been this like random journey of trying to work out like who I am and whether I am who I am and who that person is. Mm. And so I've been asking everybody what you think authenticity is and what you think your authentic self means. It's, that's a good question, actually, because I'm always saying I want the community to be about authenticity. And now that you ask me, I'm going, but what does that mean? I don't know. Um, I guess everyone worries what other people think, but it's almost going, yeah, what will people think? But then going, yeah, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And, yeah, just lip... God, that's really hard to answer. Um, <laughs> that's okay, I'm not asking everyone. <laughs> uh, um, I guess in in society today, there's a lot of filters on stuff. And whether it's people fil filtering their emotions or filtering an image of themselves that's on the internet or or whatever, yeah, you, you're not necessarily seeing the real person. So authenticity, for me is stripping away those filters and just being able to just be you and not feel you have to answer to anyone for it you know not shaving your legs or showing that picture where you where you probably don't feel that great because that because you've been yeah you you through the imageries that you've seen that's not what's not that's not what's seen as normal and actually is normal it's totally normal and yeah it's just kind of that kind of thing really. <laughs> what do you think bravery is bravery what answers have you had from other people <laughs> <laughs> no i'll only tell you afterwards i'm not telling you before um bravery is i think bravery is about uh I, it's it's absolutely not necessarily the these big you know I fought acts. a bear yeah <laughs> like they're not it's not these those big acts at all I think it's actually quite brave to live authentically and I think being brave is really just not yeah not being afraid to be true to yourself really and yeah I mean everyone will go through phases of worrying about what people think and all that kind of thing but to keep trying, I think. I think I think that's it. You just you if you, you know keep going, and even if you you know you get knockbacks, I think it's really brave to be able to send a step up and say I'm going to give that another go, or that's not working. I'm going to try it this way and stuff. So yeah. I love that, and I agree completely. <laughs> and actually, that's not an answer we've had before. Oh, brilliant! So, I'm so excited that I didn't tell you the previous answers. <laughs> Would you describe yourself as brave? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I yeah, I would. I'd take my own advice and shout about myself sometimes. I'd help people enough to be, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think I would say yes. Can you tell me about a time you think you've been brave? I, I think I, I tend to just try and not dwell on thinking I can't do something. I, I sort of tend to just impulsively jump into it and and it's not necessarily brave sometimes it's probably a bit stupid but there's maybe a fine line um <laughs> yeah so I think it's hard because I don't want to I don't want to associate um being brave to a specific like big challenge that I've done or something and I actually I feel like setting up the community was you know there's moments of imposter syndrome because I don't I am, you know, I'm not a big mountaineer. I don't go off traveling the world and, you know, um, on big expeditions and stuff. I mean, I'd love to, but uh, you know, it's not my reality at the moment. But you know, maybe in the future. But there's there's definite times where I think, what does the community mean? 
and I'm I'm just waiting on someone to turn around and go, well, why do you think you're like a wonderful wild woman? Like, what's that all about? And it's like, but it's not it's not about those big feats. It's being brave every day to to do these like little making it a lifestyle and the outdoors of, and adventures of work kind of everyday thing lifestyle. Amazing, <laughs> awesome. I'm repeat practice. <laughs> I'm normally rubbish. <laughs> um, and what do you think happiness feels like? Happiness feels like when that that's that feeling when you just can't stop smiling and you just excitement and that real like ah! <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> I've not got a deep and meaningful thing for that. It's just yeah, that's do you, know, you just, do you know what I mean? You just sat... <laughs> I know exactly what I mean. Not great for the recording, because no, no. it's all facial and hand gestures. But... <laughs> but you just sat and you just look... You almost look a bit smug, but you're just... <laughs> just smiling happily to no one. And I remember, actually, when I uh, handed my final piece of work in uh, for uni, and I was in Leeds, and I was walking into uni. I can't remember why. And it was just... I was walking down the street, just... I was that weirdo who's, like... Or not weirdo. I, I love those people, but you know they can often be perceived as the weirdo. Walking down the street, just smiling away to myself, and I, like that. Yeah, that's what I think of as happiness. Is just you don't care that you look weird. You're just happy. Amazing. <laughs> um, and do you see yourself represented in outdoors media? So whether it's films or, I guess, to some extent. Yes, as I am a white female of us, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm 35, I'm not, I, I know often they're, they are a bit younger, but I, I guess I'm still not at an age yet where I would feel that my age group isn't kind of, I'm maybe reaching that point, but <laughs> not quite there. So, and then I'm, I'm, being athletic, I'm 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 quite athletic built. So you yeah, have a body type uh, yeah, that's often I'm, represented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm white. I'm of a body type that's represented, and I'm of an age where I'm yeah I still feel reasonably represented. Yeah, so I do. I, I feel like I, okay. I think where I don't I don't feel represented is in the authenticity side of it. Of you know, often with magazines and things well I guess just generally with the media female models are used to represent sports people um, rather than sports people and we had a meeting with a um, outdoor brand about design of clothing um, and there was a big discussion about sizing and how the sizing is based on high street sort of brand sizing and the reality is people who are sporty tend to have more muscle you know their their thighs might be bigger their they might be used to walking up hills and they've got stronger glutes <laughs> um or you know biceps as they're climbers and you know wider shoulders and whatnot and and it's impossible to cater to everybody but sports clothing and outdoor brands really should be designing to sizes that represent people who are actually going to use them so rather than feeling that you have to go up not that there's anything wrong with going up a size but you've got to go up a size because your your shoulders don't fit in the size that you might actually be <laughs> for everywhere else. Yeah, and and yeah, so I think that in that in that sense I, I don't feel represented because the people that maybe represent or that are being used to and in the media are kind of beautiful models that aesthetically isn't repre- you know representative of the mass general that's a really interesting answer and like in terms of clothing it's not something I'd even thought about at all yeah and I I get like you know that everyone got that it was uh it's really difficult like men's they tend there's tends to not be much of a difference you know women you've got like some people are curvier in other places and uh, oh god it must be a minefield but there's hundreds of different body types yeah yeah basically yeah I wear a lot of men's size medium, oh, which okay. doesn't fit me at all in terms of like my waist and stuff. Yeah, but it's just because it, it's like long enough and yeah, wide yeah. enough and get stuff under it. Yeah, layers. Uh, this next question is about perceptions of women, mm-hmm. and I'm really uh, interested to ask, like, what sort of perceptions of women you think there are, and then how they match up to you and to your reality. 
I think possibly perceptions of women get put into sort of two two categories really and it's pretty and delicate and you you know like those stereotypical stereotypical things that are uh, that aren't bad characteristics at all but they're almost as a way of well just used to discredit women and and make them put them in a sort of they can't do things bracket which is you know not the case and then there's like this perceived like women that are don't fit into that pretty box and they're I feel like they're meant to be the strong like the more sporty aggressive ones and and I feel like a lot of people think that you can't be both but I feel like and I'm not this is not me calling myself pretty <laughs> but I feel like I do fit into both it's almost like so you've got a girl and she's a girly girl and then you get a tomboy and you, but you can't you can't be two of them but I was always I was always both of them so I think I struggled with that growing up because I did like getting dressed up as, as a teenager and then early in my early 20s and I do you know putting some heels on going out dancing and 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 as part of me still does like that and does want to do things that are maybe perceived as being more inverted commas girly but at the same time I'm a massive tomboy. I, I, I don't like that phrase because um, I think it's a bit old-fashioned there, but I love going getting dirty, running through puddles and, you know, doing outdoorsy stuff, which is probably stereotypically... In the um, other bracket. Yeah, or, a, or a, a boy thing to do or a male thing to do. Um, it's funny you, you ask this, actually, because I've always... Um, and it grew worse when I had Molly. Um, I don't like the colour pink, well, I didn't like the colour pink. And when I was when I knew I was pregnant and I knew I was having a girl, I was like, I do not want anything pink. And recently I've been thinking about why I don't like the colour pink and what what that is all about. Because I, we've got some like Wild Woman t shirts and stuff and I've been sort of thinking, Oh, what kind of colours can we can we do in the future? And I was like thinking, Well, why what's my issue with pink? And I think it's because it's perceived as delicate flower but it's just a color and um, I remember there being a girl who did um, triathlons and she was there constantly every year and she literally had everything pink and and you know there'd be like yeah kind of comments that oh well, why she got everything pink kind of thing but at, looking back now with a more mature head on I'm like that's cool because she was she was living her authentic self. <laughs> Do you know she loved pink and that was her and um, you know it's that whole as well the idea you know why are you outdoor in the outdoors with makeup on why are you going walking and hiking with a full face of makeup it's like who cares like it's you. do what you want to do yeah you're just doing you and you can be both you can yeah but I think you can do both I've been asking everybody if anyone if you've got like. A female role model or inspiring women and like actually loads of people have said you oh like, what yeah <laughs> no. they literally have that's ridiculous it's totally <laughs> honestly it's so ridiculous <laughs> not to demean them but it's just that just that's bonkers to me um so have I got any role models it's yeah I mean I used to put a lot of people on pedestals um when I was sort of chasing to be better and faster and all that kind of thing and so people that that were maybe seen as being better sports people than than me um but that's that has changed in recent years and I don't think there's anyone specific to be honest I think I just surround I try to surround myself with people that every day just inspire me and are role models to me and they can be any age as well like I'm not it's not like it's um someone that's that's older but um yeah I just I think lots of people are amazing just kind of getting out there is one actually I'm gonna say one lady you might be meeting her I don't know if you've met her do you meet Penny Swan no ah well um yeah I mean she's she's a massive 
role models. Uh, is anyone? I think anyone that's kind of come through adversity and is still battling. Well, not battling, but still sort of working through it and prepared to work through it and they're kind of coming out the other side and uh, yeah just like you said earlier about bravery it's about yeah 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 so lots of people and lots of people every day and it it, lots of people around me that probably don't even realize i think um so i probably should name some but i'd be scared of missing someone out (laughs) yeah it's interesting i changed it from to begin with i was just asking people if they had a female role model okay but then i realized that actually that has like that as you say it could be like quite a pedestal yeah so then I changed it to female role model or inspiring women yeah there's like there's definitely a difference yeah 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 last question is what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self I think we probably it's probably a repetition of earlier really like don't be afraid to be a beginner and don't be scared to 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 go your own way and go against go against the grain and I think that's probably, probably it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to plug or say or talk about that we've not talked about? Um, I don't think so. No, just check out Wonderful Wild Women. <laughs> <laughs> um, come and get involved. Uh, look after the Lake District. Pick up your litter. Take your trash with you. <laughs> It's, yeah, I don't know. That's, <laughs> it? It's probably an echo chamber for the people that are going to listen to this. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, yeah, but thank you. And you're doing awesome. Thank you so like, much for giving me your time, Mike. Thank you. That was quite fun. <laughs> What a great conversation that was. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you want to find out more information about Sarah or about the wonderful wild women and how you can get involved in everything they do, you can find links in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with someone who you know will love it too. You can also join us over on socials. Find us at Extraordinary Ordinary You. We'd love it if you could give us a like and a follow. It really helps to grow the podcast. With so much thanks to our Patreon supporters, your support helps to cover the costs of the podcast and helps us to keep going and keep growing. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, keep on being extraordinary. Extraordinary.